0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today I am coming to you with a very, very special topic, and I have a very special guest. We are going to talk about promoting body positivity and healthy body image in the fitness industry. And I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Abby Griffith. She is an NASM CPT, and she is the owner of Clarity Fitness, which I believe is in Atlanta, Georgia. Is that right, Abby? I'm going to bring you in and have you introduce yourself. Yep, that's perfect.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, technically Decatur, which is
0: just east of Atlanta, but Atlanta works. All right. Awesome. Well, Abby, I think you're the perfect guest to deep dive into this topic with me. And in a nutshell, what Abby and I are going to talk about is our unique role as fitness professionals in helping our clients to build body acceptance and to approach movement and exercise with this healthy mindset. So today, Abby and I are going to deep dive into the difference between body positivity and positive body image. And we're also going to talk about how we can cue and coach our clients so that we can move from this acceptance or from this aesthetics based industry and move toward more self-acceptance what do you think do you think i encapsulated that pretty well abby You crushed it. That was perfect. (laughs) All right. So, you know, what I want to do is start by asking you, because I know that there is a difference between when we just talk about body image and then talking about body positivity. So can you help us all understand body positivity and just kind of give us a good working definition of that?
1: Definitely. So first of all, thank you all so, so much for having me. I am so, so excited and so, so incredibly grateful that NASM is talking about this topic. Body positivity is a massive social justice issue that unfortunately is very loud and clear in the fitness space right now. So for NASM to be a part of this conversation and be bringing this to the forefront is massive and really going to help and change a lot of lives. Um, Body positivity is really all about bringing attention to the marginalizations and unfortunately the discrimination of people in bigger bodies and disabled bodies. I am not in that community myself personally so i am an ally for body positivity and i want to give the mic to people who have been doing this work since the 60s nafa is a massive organization national association to advance fat acceptance fitness for all bodies body positive fitness professionals fitness professionals against weight stigma there are so many incredible organizations that have been going out this and again it's it's really about bringing everyone to the table, giving everyone access to movement, to clothing, to jobs, to places to live. Um, And it's so important that we understand body positivity as a social justice piece and then positive body image as it relates to people in all shapes and sizes of bodies and their own relationships with themselves.
0: Okay. I'm really glad that you explained that. And I think that that's a healthy chunk of information. And to encapsulate all of that, what you're saying really is that body positivity is a social justice issue. And it's about us in the fitness industry stepping up and embracing the social justice issue so that we can work toward marginalized and discriminated populations and really spotlight this and do what we can in the fitness industry. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Definitely bringing them more access to movement and making movement work for them instead of trying to change them into working with how it's set up right now.
0: And, you know, I'm glad you said that because I was going to go there next. I was going to ask you if we could have some concrete ways that we can do that in the fitness industry. And I think that that was a perfect explanation is bringing a movement, accommodating movement to them, not expecting them to accommodate movement, so to speak, or to you know fit into stereotypical programs or whatever it might be. So kind of go with that a minute and and help us better understand some easy access tools that we can conceptualize as fitness pros on how we can do this.
1: Definitely. So education is first and foremost Uh, fitness for all bodies is very Googleable and they are really great resources to check out actual Steps of education and learning how to support different, differently abled and differently shaped and sized bodies. Um, It's really important that we recognize as fitness professionals that a movement that might be easy for us, like standing with our feet together, it's not about discipline, it's not about willpower, it's not about shifting. Um, that pose to make it work. It's that it truly and biologically in terms of how certain bodies are built isn't possible. So that's one example of so many um, that we need to start to learn different options not necessarily regressions because that means one version is better than another but just a completely different way to support movement a different way to give people um, the opportunity to be in the driver's seat around exercise so that they can tailor their movement sessions to something that's most importantly fun for them and then also something that their bodies can do something that doesn't inflict pain on their bodies Giving us permission to give them the space to tell us what works and what feels good.
0: And you know what I hear in there? I hear the word empowerment. I hear the word empowerment and I also hear autonomy, making our workouts, uh, fitting it to what works for our client instead of, again, expecting our clients to fit into what we view as a good workout. So it's about giving them personal autonomy and empowering every individual that we work with to do workouts that feel good for their body. Definitely.
1: That's incredible. And I also think that eating disorder informed therapists and non-diet based dietitians are great resources for this conversation to um, reaching out to people that understand um, this different approach to movement, this different approach to wellness, um, and really starting to, to learn how we can be teammates and not um, placing any of our judgments or our our understanding of fitness on other people that might just frankly not work for them. So great resources there too.
0: Yeah, I like the way that you're throwing out these resources. And I think we might have to give a good list of resources at the end before we head out of this actual podcast, because I do think that you're listing some really stellar resources. So again, I am talking to Abby Griffith. She's an NASM CPT, and she is also owner of Clarity Fitness. We are talking about what body positivity is as a social justice issue, how we in the fitness industry can embrace that and make the industry more of a body positive space, and we're also going to move into creating healthy body image for our clients. So Abby, once again, thank you for joining us. And so we were just deep diving into exactly what body positivity is, and in a nutshell, in the fitness industry, one of the best things that we can do is accommodate workouts to meet the needs of our clients, not expect our clients to accommodate their body and their needs to our workouts. Absolutely. <laughs> the opposite way. So, you know, all that being said, Abby, let's talk about um if if we could share some tips with trainers and instructors some tips on how we can talk about body image and how to create healthy body image and body acceptance because i believe as you explained body image is more about our self perception of our body whereas body positivity is more of a social justice issue and so let's talk about body image and the role the pivotal role that we play in the fitness industry because over the decades and throughout history, it feels like the fitness industry has been very, very focused on aesthetics. And so I find that there are certain companies out there that are doing such a better job of saying fitness is for all shapes and sizes and really promoting healthy body image among women, men, everybody out there. So give us, make sure that I explain body image in it in a way that you would explain it.
1: Definitely. I think that that was great. I am um, big on body image work because uh, my own personal story I struggled with an eating disorder for a big chunk of my life. And a big part of my journey was chasing a number on a scale, chasing change in terms of how I saw myself and um, my body. And I had terrible body image, unfortunately. And uh, the the constant conversation is fixing, air quotes, fixing your body to fit this, this ideal appearance. And we're all fed this messaging constantly, whether we recognize it or not, from movies to social media to what's on the covers of magazines. When we check out at the grocery store, everything is telling us that there is There are tons of different things that we should be doing to change ourselves and change our appearance. So, positive body image is recognizing where we're at today and giving ourselves grace, giving ourselves compassion for that. I truly believe that motivation never came from hating yourself. I think that motivation comes from a place of peace and empowerment. And if you choose to move more, if you choose to hang out with friends more, if you choose to shift your relationship with exercise, it's coming from a place of appreciation and care for yourself, not hate for yourself. So positive body image is all around that mental relationship and when we leave that alone and we neglect positive body image that is the breeding grounds for disordered eating and eating disorders and a toxic relationship with fitness using movement to force change on ourselves, or beat ourselves up or punish ourselves for what we did or didn't eat. And that's not what movement is for. I always tell clients that movement and fueling your body are two completely different pillars. We don't do one in order to allow for the other. We don't um, not do one and then have to shift the other. Movement is a great way to take care of yourself, and so is fueling. And when we start to separate those instead of, I I had to work out after Halloween, or I better get my workout in before Thanksgiving, those are really, really sticky ways of punishing your body to allow for other types of behaviors. Um, so we want to start to separate those and just focus on what our body needs, what we want, what feels good for us, and when we come from that place of empowerment and compassion, that's a big game changer.
0: And I think the word empowerment and compassion are two key words, because, again, body image is a very it's about personal autonomy. It's about how we feel inside of our own body. And that is a relationship that we create with ourselves. And it's a relationship that we want to foster in healthy ways by hanging around people who have a healthy relationship with their body and hanging around people who embrace us as we are and help us stay in that body Acceptance frame of mind and work with trainers and instructors who cue and coach using sending body image or body positivity messages and. And um, and that's what I think what I want you and I to kind of talk about today is what are some of those messages? And you already kind of touched on some of those instead of going to the gym to punish yourself. It's going to the gym to embrace who you are and reward the fact that your body can move and and see what it can do, see what you can do to feel better about yourself. So let's talk about some of those those messages that we've all received over the years and the way that we as fitness pros can shift the narrative and change the messaging that we're sending to our clients because so many times we do it inadvertently. You know, uh, come on, guys, I know you ate a lot of Thanksgiving and we want to burn those calories. And we've been told messages like this all these all these years, you know, big guns, tight buns, and that the industry is so centered around aesthetics that I think that we also have to give ourselves permission and grace as fitness professionals to recognize that. It doesn't make us bad people. We're not bad trainers if we sometimes fall back into those old patterns. It's really about awareness and recentering our narrative so that we can speak more in line with how we want our clients to feel about their own body. Absolutely.
1: I completely agree. I have learned so much. I always. Uh, lovingly pick on myself that if I listen to this conversation in a few years from now, there's probably a lot that I'm cringing about me saying or having not said. And you're constantly learning, and that's a good thing. That's not that's not bad. That's not meant to be discouraging. That's that's meant to be exciting. And people that are truly in this space, wanting change in the world. Are going to give you that space to be curious and to learn and to practice saying things differently and i i just give everyone listening so much credit for taking the time to learn what we're talking about here because it is so important and it can be so damaging if we aren't paying attention to how we're supporting our clients um but not to say that if you make something or say something in a way that you now know may not be as supportive that there's anything wrong with you or that you're a bad professional. It's, it's important to give ourselves grace in this space too. So thank you for saying that. That's very important.
0: I think so, too. So once again, I'm talking to Abby Griffiths. She is an NASM CPT and she is also the owner of Clarity Fitness. We are talking about the difference between body positivity and healthy body image. We talked about body positivity as a social justice issue. When now we're talking about ways to build healthy body image, ways to build personal autonomy and empowerment among all fitness uh, those who are interested in being fit and working with us as fitness professionals. And so what, you know, one of the things, Abby, that you've been talking about is and and that we're both talking about is how we as trainers and instructors can grow and learn, but coming from a place, not that we're shaming anybody as a trainer or an instructor, just like we don't wanna shame our clients. We are learning and growing and we are evolving. The way that the industry started, the way that the industry continues to evolve, being very aesthetic based. If we say a cue about, come on you guys, you ate too much. It's not about saying again, that you're a bad trainer or that, you know, you're doing something wrong. It's about saying this is learning opportunity to shift the narrative in the fitness space. We're all in this together. We all grew up hearing a certain narrative and we all have potential to grow and learn through this experience. So I think that's really important. And one of the things, Abby, you you talked about not, um, you know, going to the gym to punish yourself, but to reward yourself. Another thing that I have been thinking about and reading about more is that, um, a lot of times we give or, or we teach people to dress a certain way that is, quote, flattering for their body. And uh, almost like clothing is meant to solve a problem. Like if you have a problem area in your body, you should dress like this. Or I see it a lot with age. Um, and I take personal offense to it as, as a woman who, like all of us, is is aging. And so it's, this is what you should wear when you're this age. And it's it's talking about what is appropriate for us, and how to flatter our body, or how to fit into an age category. And it gives, I think it sends the message that we're supposed to hide imperfections. Or we're supposed to hide the fact that we are an aging individual. And I think ideally clothing is meant to be a reflection of our personal style and our personal individuality and our personal autonomy. I think that all of us are entitled to the way that makes us feel good in the skin that we're in. And um, what if we replace the phrase of that that's very flattering on you, which again is kind of almost insinuating that it's it's meant to hide perfections to, hey, that's an awesome awesome outfit. Absolutely.
1: And I love I love thinking about challenging what we deem an imperfection as well. If weight is not good or bad, if we are working toward neutrality around all shapes and sizes of bodies, then there is no imperfection if someone's in a bigger body. It is the current state. It's like, I have blonde hair. It just is what it is. It's not good or bad. It's neutral. And so when we can shift the conversation about hiding imperfections, what imperfections. And really that's that might sound, that may sound eye rolly, but when we really get down into it and when we really start to practice what we've been taught is wrong and challenge that and understand where that came from, understand um, how we can work on our own relationship of that being potentially wrong with us and challenge that and see if there's room for us to be at peace with whatever that may be, that's a really, really game-changing part of this work, and that really, really continues to perpetuate um, moving toward a more body positive and inclusive and just relationship with others and ourselves as it relates to shape and size of body. So that's there, there's not enough time on any podcast to dive into all of that, but there's some incredible work being yeah. done, and it's definitely worth diving into more to benefit yourself and others.
0: Right, right. And the body neutrality is a key term because like you said, if the body doesn't have any imperfections, then why would we wear clothing to quote, hide imperfections that don't exist because body neut- neutrality is ultimately the goal and how we view bodies. And so what would be another cue or coaching tip that you could give to trainers and instructors, a very palatable tip to maybe consider and think about, not again, from a place of shame, and blaming and pointing fingers, but a place of, hey, if we were to consider shifting the narrative in the fitness industry, these are some concrete ways we could all start.
1: Definitely. So one of my personal favorites that we train the entire Clarity team on over at Clarity Fitness in Georgia um, is if someone comes and presents with a weight-related or appearance-related goal, we ask why. And it's really important to do that because we get to the root of what is actually the problem when we let weight be the end all be all oh when you lose weight you'll be confident oh when you lose weight you'll be healthy oh when you lose weight you'll get the significant other or whatever that may be we completely miss the boat of this concept of health at every size which is central to body positivity as a social justice movement and positive body image. Health at every size means that you can be very, very healthy in a bigger body. You can be very, very healthy in a smaller body and vice versa. You can be very unhealthy in a smaller body, as I know personally from my own relationship with an eating disorder, and you can be very unhealthy in a bigger body. But what our current fitness climate sometimes perpetuates is smaller bodies are always healthy. Bigger bodies are always unhealthy. This isn't true. So when we ask why, why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want a bigger gluteus maximus region? Why do we want bigger muscles? Why do we want to focus on our core? We start to get to what is actually driving the person and we can support from that place. Maybe it is confidence. Maybe it is a bigger mental health concern. Maybe it's a scary genetic health issue that's been going on in their family. And that's where we can provide support. So we're stepping away from that weight-centric messaging, that weight-centric focus, and we're paying more attention to what is really driving them and being an advocate, being a support system from that place instead. And then when they lose the five pounds, okay, cool. How do you feel? What's, What's changing? Maybe they don't feel a difference. And if we are so excited about them losing the five pounds, but we haven't actually made progress in what I really need is support with my confidence, my body image. We're missing the boat as resources for them. So it's really about providing that service.
0: Right. And what I hear you say is that when you ask why you get to the core concern here. If you ask me why, if I come in and I present with, I want to lose 10 pounds, then you get to the core of when you ask me why you understand, is this coming? Is this driven from social media? Like you said, is it driven from a health concern? Is it truly about, I want to build confidence? Um, What is behind it? And I think that what I would like to say in line with that also is that sometimes, and you mentioned this as well, it's a bigger mental health concern, and that's where working with mental health providers who work with eating disorder clients and um, body dysmorphia that's when it really would help as trainers and instructors to tap into those wonderful resources that are out there and work in conjunction with a mental health provider or somebody who has the true tools to get into the deep psychology of the issue while we can work with the physiology of the issue, the physical aspects of the issue. Absolutely.
1: And I love that you brought that up because definitely in no way in no way wanting to cross lines, cross boundaries and eating disorders are really tricky stuff. So that is definitely geared toward the mental health professional um, and being a resource to connect them with someone who can support on that mental health side and being a resource to start to shift that conversation away from them feeling like weight loss is the answer or this muscle gain or this appearance change is the answer to all of life's struggles is super important. So that's where the non-diet based dietitians come in. That's where eating disorder informed therapists and psychotherapists come in. Uh, Definitely really great resources there. And if you search on NIDA, National Eating Disorders Association, Association. They have an incredible repertoire of people who are there to support in that way, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And so once again, I'm talking to Abby Griffiths. She is an NASM CPT, and she's the owner of Clarity Fitness. And we are talking about body positivity and positive body image. And we are talking about how we as fitness professionals can shift the narrative in the fitness industry from being about aesthetics to being about healthy body acceptance. And so we're talking to their we're talking to instructors and trainers, not from a place of shame and blame and pointing figures fingers, but from a place of this is how we can all learn and grow. And that's why I wanted to invite Abby on is because she does work in the body positivity space. She does work with positive body image. And that's my goal here is just to broach this subject and bring awareness to all of us so that we can all grow through this experience just a little bit at a time. Right, Abby? That's perfect. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> All right. So how about another one? I think one um, one of the things that you had mentioned to me is you will often promote the message that you are so much more than a body. Tell us about that.
1: Absolutely. So. Deep in my journey, I was struggling with different eating disorders, and I felt like all of life's problems would be resolved if I felt good in the skin I was in, if I liked what I saw in the mirror. And I had learned from tons of different people and resources and outlets and social media throughout the years that the way to feel better about my skin and how I'm feeling and my body shape and size was to make changes externally. And I was never instructed to check into relationship with movement, or relationship with food or relationship with body image. It was just about changing the outside. So when you say you are so much more than a body that ties you into recognizing that you weren't placed on this earth to Please other people in terms of your appearance. You weren't placed on this earth to gain muscle and look good for other people or for yourself. It's about that relationship with you. You're so much more than a body, you're so much more capable than an external shift, paying attention to your value as a human in terms of your relationships, in terms of what you do at work, in terms of the people you've supported, in terms of the lives you've changed and made better just from your existence. That's what you are. And um, there's a really cool concept of separating the physical side from you. Um, So thinking about your body as maybe a baby, or maybe a pet, or maybe a favorite friend, um, and starting to disconnect. Um, your worth with your exterior, starting to care for yourself from that place of love. And for me, I don't have any kiddos, but I do have two fuzzy kiddos. And so I used to think of my body treating my body as how I would treat one of my pets. And I would never beat up my pet. I would never starve my pet. I would never make my pet work out because it ate too much. And it sounds so silly, but checking into that place, that helped me get to that compassion and that kindness for myself and is a great tool for your clients and for your own relationship with body image.
0: Well, and I think that the word, excuse me, the word relationship is a pivotal word here because... If I am working with you and you are my client, I have a relationship with you, Abby. But more importantly, I think that I need to remember that you have many other relationships. You have a relationship with your body. You have a relationship with your mindset and your psychology. You have a relationship with other people in your life who influence you. And relationships are such a circular thing. Um, impact on our world because all of our relationships come into our psychology and our thoughts about ourselves and our perceptions about the world and so I think it is important to think about those relationships that our clients have not just with our body and with our mind but with other people and what kind of how much support are they receiving from those relationships because those play an integral role in a client feeling the way that way they want to feel from the inside out. And that's how I look at fitness is building a healthy body from the inside out. Because if I feel good on the inside, I'm going to feel good on the outside. And so the you are so much more than a body. Also, I think about I remember one time reading your body is not an ornament or it's not an it's an instrument, not an ornament. It's not to be looked at and admired or you're so pretty or um, all about aesthetics or that looks so good at on you like we're to be judged and admired and I think we do this a lot even with little kids you know he's a handsome boy or she's such a pretty little girl and and again this isn't blaming or shaming it's just that culturally our narrative often supports that how we look is is what people see and that is how we're judged and therefore our mind is influenced by that.
1: Absolutely. And those compliments, there's nothing inherently wrong, but it's perpetuating the message that that's what matters. And so the kiddo is learning that they have to keep it together and look this way in order to get that validation from people that they love and people that they want attention and validation from and so some alternatives would be something like, I love how you took care of that person, or I just adore spending time with you or your energy and how you make me feel just changes my day or brightens my day every time I see you. And paying more attention to how people make other people feel paying more attention to how you can support an individual through things that aren't appearance based is really important as well
0: yeah that was that was very very well said and you know another one that i think about is is just this whole kind of dynamic that we get into where one person body shames her body or his body. And then the next person feels like they have to body shame. So, um, Oh, this thing, this does this to my body, or this shows this on my body. And then the next person feels like they need to chime in. And what if we speak well of ourselves and we speak well of others. And it's like you mentioned earlier. Um, what if we speak, about ourselves and to ourselves, the way that we would speak to our furry friends or the way we would speak to our best friend or the way that we would speak to our mom and and all those people who we love and care about.
1: Absolutely. I remember a really cool conversation I had one time that was about how being proud of yourself or giving yourself credit, deeming yourself worthy is almost comes off as pretentious. And if you put yourself down in that self-deprecating humor, that's the norm. And just hearing that now with a different understanding and a different lens, how sad that is that we have perpetuated a world where you're put down if you bring yourself up and you are normalized if you put yourself down. That's that's really tricky. And it's super important to challenge that for ourselves and for others. I know at um, Clarity, we have a a no self-bullying policy. So sometimes I will jokingly say that every time someone talks rudely about themselves or about their body, they owe me a dollar. And so I'll send them an invoice, not really, but it's a good way to perpetuate that that playful energy around it. Because again, if it becomes a a self blame, a self criticism, a self deprecating thing that now we can't be kind to ourselves, that's not really helping the situation either. So (laughs) making it light, making it positive, making it geared toward taking care of ourselves and holding others accountable to be kind to themselves too is a big, big part of this work.
0: You know, I'm going to put a sticky note on my mirror about no self bullying. I, well, I think that that's a key one for me because even as I said, as, as we age, that's another area where it gets very tricky in an industry that doesn't seem to age or in a youth obsessed industry. And so um, I can get caught up in self-bullying surrounding age and all these other things that we have talked about. And so I, for one, am the first to, to be on the mic saying, look, I'm a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, I filmed fitness videos way back in the day. And all of the narrative was around um, tight buttons and big guns and all those other things. And this is what we grew up with was these types of messages. So, and, And never do I want Abby and I to be up on a pedestal saying, don't say this, don't say that, don't do that, don't do that. It's just more about bringing awareness to all of us. From a place of self-compassion and giving all of us permission to grow and learn and navigate this space differently so that we don't self-bully and so that we don't inadvertently possibly bully someone else when we were not at all intending to do that. Because I for one, I, I for one am a full believer that all of us are good people with good intentions. And until you prove me otherwise, that is how I how I view every human. So.
1: I love that. And I definitely, definitely agree. I know that, that my journey has shifted a lot. And there are a lot of things that I have said and thought about myself that I'm in a different headspace now, but I'm I'm still me. I'm still the same person. So I can't hate where I came from. I can't hate myself for a past way of thinking. It's, it, There's a different perspective now that resonates more with what feels good for me and aligns with my soul and my spirit and what I believe in and my values and how I want to come into the world and see other people in the world. But again, it was, it was still me. It was a different version of a different headspace, but there's, I I can't hold tons of hate or blame because that just gets me scared to learn more and scared to continue to shift into what feels good for me and what I believe can help other people. So I love that Mm -hmm. you shared that.
0: Well, and here's the deal. If we are worried about other people and helping other people to grow and our focus is on catching other people saying or doing the wrong thing, then we lose sight of how can I personally grow as a professional and as, a, as an individual? And so for me, it's always about where where is my potential for growth versus energy spent finding other people making mistakes. So um, in this way, we can all lift one another up and grow together. So Abby, what I would Would love is before we go, is if you could. I know you wanted to talk about some of the education that you are offering at Clarity Fitness. So if you could take a minute to do that real quick before we go. And then also, if there's a quick recap of some of those resources, I know that everyone listening would truly appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. First and foremost, I want to send y'all to the work that fitness four, like the number four, All Bodies is doing. They are an incredible organization that is, they have built their entire business around supporting people, specifically in the fitness industry, as they start to navigate a different relationship and a different perspective with the appearance-centric world that we're in. Um, Fitness Professionals Against Weight Stigma has another really incredible resource pool of courses of different professionals that would absolutely love to sit down and talk with you. And also Body Positive Fitness Professionals is another really, really great organization that is so niched into the work that we're doing here in NASM and the work that we're doing to help shift this conversation over at clarity fitness um again clarity fitness is not at all the creator of body positivity this movement and this work has been going on since the 60s and before um there are just some so many resources that have really been a part of that game for the long haul naafa is the national association for fat acceptance and that is a really really incredible organization that is working to have these conversations to bring this social justice piece to light and they have been around for decades. So incredible work going on over there. The Body Positive is another great organization that does great work with education, um, tons of work in the school system. So if you're connected with any schools that may be interested in uh, learning more and becoming even ambassadors of that program as I am, that would be great. And obviously anything related Related to eating disorders. NIDA is the National Eating Disorders Association. They have tons of great resources if you or someone you know might be struggling. So I couldn't recommend them enough. And if y'all have any questions for me, y'all can reach me at my email at abby, A-B-B-E-Y at clarityfitness.com. And I would love to send more resources your way or answer any questions. But again, I want to give credit where it's due to the people that have been doing this long before me. So thank y'all so much for listening. And I hope that those resources are super valuable for you.
0: Thank you, Abby. That was an amazing recap. And if again, Abby just gave her email address, um, you can reach out to Abby. You can email me, Angie, um, Angie.Miller. Oh my goodness. What is my NASM email? Ah, how about Angie? How about Angie at AngieMillerFitness.com? You can reach out to me and I can reach out to Abby, however you want to do it. And so I really do appreciate all of you listening. I really appreciate that we are all in this space together to grow and learn and build potential for growth in this space that we can bring awareness and body acceptance to every human out there. So thank you so much, Abby Griffith, for joining me. I love having you on. You've been on before and I hope to have you on again. So thank you all to the NASM and Apple audience. We'll see you next time. Thank you. It was awesome.